Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Cowboys Chat with Shap. My name is Zach Shaphorst. With me is Vinita Darrow. And uh, the first of uh, the first episode of the true dead season between uh, end of the draft and draft analysis to start of the uh, really the preseason you got. So, um, but there is a little bit of news that the schedule, NFL schedule, was released this past week, and um, so talk a little bit about that this this week. Talk more in depth about the individual matchups, probably on future episodes. But the main thing we want to talk about is after the draft. Now that's been done, what moves we need to make in in free agency? What holes we still have left to fill, and what players we think would you know fill those those holes um but as always we'll start with a trivia question and this week it is my turn to ask any the question so and and i've got a i feel like you'll get this so i've got a uh, kind of bonus question or follow-up um so i'll start off vague as always uh this guy is a quarterback that was not drafted by the Cowboys. Cow- we were the second team he was a member of, and he went to South Carolina for college. Second team that he played with, and he went to South Carolina? Yep. Uh, second team that he played with. Right, I should clarify. Second team he was a member of. Second team he was a member of. Yes. <clears throat> Got me. Um, second team he was a member of. Jesus, I don't know. Okay. Clint Sterner. No. Um. Let's see. Your hints suck, by the way. <laughs> I, I feel That's like the if you know, okay, I'll I'll uh, I'll give you another kind of probably not that helpful hint, and then I'll give you one that it will probably give it away. He won a Super Bowl with another team. I'll, I'll even give you the year in, in two thousand seven. Or he, he was, again, he was on a Super Bowl winning team in 2007. He was on a Super Bowl winning team in 2007. Yes. That Matt guy? Uh, no. No. Um, all right, I'll, I'll tell you. So he, I'm drawing a blank. He played for the Cowboys between 2000 and 2001. Give you give one. Another hit. Give you one more, and then give it yeah, away. Yeah, make so, it a good one. Okay, so um, let's see. I mean, there's been a lot of players. Yeah. 
So he played so directly following the Cowboys. He didn't he didn't really play at all on the Steelers. He played a little bit on the Cowboys, like started right. some games and then the most his the most games he started was was the following team he played for, which was the Baltimore Ravens. Oh, it was that Anthony guy. Yeah, Anthony, uh, whatever the hell his name was, Anthony Schmuck. <laughs> yeah, Anthony Wright. Yeah, Anthony Wright. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Oh, another one of our in our long list of unheralded quarterbacks. <laughs> yeah. God, and, we went through a we went through a lot of them. And and the follow up question to that is: Do you do you know the quarterback? that we acquired that led to him being released? Tony Banks. No, that's a good guess. Um, Anthony, what quarterback did we acquire that led to him being released? Another... Romo? Another stud. No, Chad Hutchinson. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Nah, that, that era just... It's so... <laughs> It's so dreadful. Everything just blurs together. Yeah. You know, I definitely remember the, the better years better than I do the bad years. Well, those you are know? my first three years as a Cowboys fan. So Lucky I, you. I remember them pretty well. Yeah. Uh, and I was, you know, it's funny because I, I have, you know, I have journals from those times. And every year, every single year, I thought we were going to be really good. And... Yeah. Uh, you know, not not so much. And until Parcells came, which, of course, I thought that was, you know, instant Super Bowl, Bill Parcells. But at I least we didn't go 5-11. and 11. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so start with, let's just kind of touch on the schedule. Um, I don't know if, what, what, what are your, did you get a chance to kind of look over the, the schedule at all? Um no, I haven't. I haven't looked at the, or the schedule. All I've okay. really heard about are these, you know, these rookie mini camps. Yeah, yeah, that's that's uh, been newsworthy, kind of. I mean, it sounds like really all I've heard on that is Jabril Cox. It sounds like keeps making plays. My uh, my guy Nashawn Wright. Uh, my non-pet cat. I don't know what the opposite of that is, but he he made an interception apparently, so that's oh, you know wow. more than I expected. But um, is that his first one ever? Yeah, right. But um, but yeah, really none wow, of it. Wow, rookie mini camp. None of it matter. We we signed uh, J T Barrett apparently, and we're looking at you know we we've. I don't know if we signed or we we were looking at Jeff Driscoll. Yeah, um, I heard about. Looking at some real bad quarter. Oh, I think the one today is is Brett Hundley. That's that's the the breaking news. We're supposedly Mike McCarthy, who's got the Brett Hundley connection, is thinking of bringing bringing him in. Actually, Brett Hundley was kind of for a quick minute was considered a pretty promising quarterback prospect i remember there were talks about him as a first round pick and then i think he kind of regressed his last year in college and he ended up yeah. going mid rounds and, and he hasn't done anything so 
Yeah, a bunch of quarterbacks, none of whom I think are going to be better than Garrett Gilbert, even. Um, like, so yeah, that that's the the news. But but no, I I did look at the schedule, and you know, my initial impressions are there's there's three games that I think are for sure wins, almost guaranteed wins, and two games that I think are almost for sure guaranteed losses, including week one when we play the Bucks in Tampa Bay. Um, and then the rest of it, it's like it could go either way. Um, there, there, I just don't know what to, to think of this this team. Um, there, there's to me, there's such a wide array of outcomes based on, you know, how the well, defense plays, can, you know, injuries. Look, 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 look let, let, let's assume they stay healthy. Yeah. All right. Um, you've got a good, you've got a, a very good offense. Yeah. However, if your quarterback goes down, you're dead. Yeah. They need to yeah. find a real backup quarterback and stop playing around. I don't know if there's any out there. To be honest, I don't know. I really don't know if there's any legitimate backup quarterbacks out there who can come in and win are. for us, who are even as good as Andy Dalton was. No, and not as good as Andy and, Dalton. And right now, they have two glaring holes at uh, on the starting defense that mm. they don't seem. They, they they're just hoping right now, hoping, really hoping somebody steps up and takes one of those jobs. And that's not how you approach. That's not how you approach professional sports with that much hope. Yeah. Okay. When you need that much hope to feel good about your team, there's no legitimate starting three third three technique on this team. They need a defensive tackle who can play this goddamn game. There's no starting cornerback who's even going to be as good as a Wuzier was. They need to fill that hole that was left by Byron Jones. They just need to do these things. I don't care what they have to do with the salary cap. Do it, and let's 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 get these holes filled. Okay. Aside from extending Jalen Smith, let's get let's do something. Okay. Extend Amari Cooper, but they need to open cap space to fill those holes. Yeah. And. I know at cornerback, there's still a few guys out there who could help yeah. out. More guys are going to become available as mm-hmm. time goes by. I don't know what there is left in defensive tackle, but we, we really don't – they're just glaring holes. I don't know what else to say about it. Yeah. If somebody, I, I don't know who could sell me on our defensive tackles. Yeah. I, I don't know who could sell me on Kelvin Joseph as a starter – or, or even have a lot of confidence at Trayvon Diggs. All right, yeah. I, they they are just so hurting at though at those spots, the whole secondary almost. Mm-hmm. They had an off season where they had the draft and free agency to fix things, and they did a sh- shit ass job of doing it. Okay, yeah. they went desperation in the draft. They yeah. picked the wrong guys. All right, they did next. They did. They picked a bunch of no-name bums in free agency, and they're going to pay for it because this yeah. defense is not going to be, may not be any better than last year's defense. 
going on record right now saying this defense may not be any better. Yep. The, co- the scheme might be a little better. Maybe the coaching will be a little bit better. But overall, I am really worried about this defense. Yeah. This is not what I call – this is a makeover sort of, but it's not what I call a real good one. I like the rookie linebackers. Yep. Okay. I like the fact that they got the one technique. Um, I, I, I hope I, I'm intrigued by him. Yeah. I, I, I think he might be able to help us. Mm. I'm not big on him. Yeah. And the same thing with the, the tall, lanky guy they're moving to safety. I don't bother yeah. with their names because I don't care. Because yeah. to me, none of these guys is worth even having their name mentioned. Micah Parsons and Jabril Cox, yeah, but that's about it. Yeah. And I know, I know their names. I'm not saying their names. When they do something, I'll, I'll say their names. Yeah. Okay. Until then, they're just going to be referred to obliquely. So that's that. Those are glaring holes. I've been saying it for, for a long time. I said it before the draft. I said it before free agency. And these idiots, they still can't fill them. Yeah. I have. I don't know why they give Will McClay a paycheck. I really they don't. What to to bring in somebody who's coming off a torn Achilles and played what four games last year, and he's going to be our starting free safety. Yeah. And the, the four games he did play, their defense was, was atrocious. Yeah. Keon O'Neal, who's basically a guy without a position. Mm-hmm. Now, now you're moving him. He's a really undersized linebacker. I don't know what they're doing with him. Use him as a chess piece. Use him as a chess piece. Well, this isn't a game of chess. Where is he going to play? Strong safety? Strong safety is he, dead in coverage. Yeah. You know? Linebacker? You know, I don't know. He's a box safety. Yeah. So he's, he's good at that, but thought we had Donovan Wilson for that. Right. Maybe they're going to put Donovan Wilson to free safety. I don't know. But, you know, and Javon Curse, I, I don't even know why he's in the league. Carlos Watkins, again, uh, uh, he just made, he was walking to a, he was walking to one of the, those, Stadiums where they just have, you know, one of those places where they just have pickup football games, and he accidentally took a wrong turn and he wound up in an NFL stadium, as far as I'm concerned. That's Carlos Watkins. Okay? So they can say, well, we, 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 we got 10 free agents. Well, great. You got 10, you add them all up, you got like two. Right. And yeah. I know people are, you know, probably used to, tired of hearing my cynicism and my bitterness at this team, but. I just don't feel good about this defense. Yeah. I feel good about the offense. Yeah. Well, and, and my, I don't think I feel as, as worried. I, yeah, I can't say I feel, you know, supremely confident about our, our three tech spot, but, but frankly, I'm, I'm still more worried about one tech than three tech. And, and that's because, we're basically putting it all on this guy, Bahana, who's a sixth round pick. And granted, he showed, you know, he sounds like he fits the bill. He's got the right size, obviously. He's got a quick first step. Yeah, but still, I'm, I'm not going to... He's gonna... a monster with some talent. Yeah, I'd agree with that. But, I, but I'm not going to put all my faith in, in, no, I in agree. him. But we also have, you know, we got Brent Urban, who's underside kinda, for the position like Brent but yeah but he can play the run and and i i do really like osa digizua I, i've you know 
the more I look into him, the more I feel good about him as on most downs being a three tech, I think even situation situationally passing downs being a one tech. So I'm not, uh, certainly there are guys that, you know, you, you asking about defensive tackles, free agents. There are guys that I would really like to see because I don't feel confident in that group, but I, I do feel confident that will be better than last year, which is hard not to be, but, but it's, it's something and then the, our linebackers are definitely, that's the really the only position on defense that I think you can say confidently we upgraded this offseason is, is linebackers. Yeah. But oh, oh, and I don't think that, I think you could almost say that, because people are saying that Van Der Esch and Jalen Smith have been put on notice. I think you could almost say that they've been fired. Unless these rookies bust, right? I don't see yeah. a future for well, Vanderesh. They turned down his fifth year option, right? That's for uh, sure. Yeah, Jalen Smith. Jalen Smith. They're going to want to save the money unless the guy has yeah. a great season, right? No, I, I think so. I think Vanderesh. I mean, it's both of them. It, you know, if they recreate that twenty eighteen level of play, you know, I think there's a chance, but. Probably more so for Van Der Esch because he's on, still on a rookie deal. Maybe we sign him for like a you know really cheap deal. But Jalen Smith, I, I think his his level of play that he'd have to hit for us to not cut him is is higher than Van Der Esch's. Put it that because of his contract. Um, and, and realistically, I don't think either of them hit the level of play. You don't they mean would they're going to get rid of either of those guys this year. Not this, no, no, next year. Um, yeah, but but if, you know, if, if Van Der Esch plays competent football, I think we might sign him for a team-friendly deal. But oh. Van Der Esch, or, or sorry, Jalen Smith, because he's already gotten the contract, I think he would have to be, you know, an all-pro and, and just and play maybe even better than he did in 2018 for us yeah. to not cut him, so and the rookies have to, and the rookies have to have to have to look bad. Yes. Well, yeah. You only yeah. need two. Right. Yeah. Well, and and Keanu Neal, maybe we are considering him a true line. That that's the reports at least. But well, is he bulked? Is, is there anything about him bulking up? Like I remember Thomas Davis. When Thomas Davis mm-hmm. came into the league, he was a safety, and he yeah. had all sorts of problems. And out of desperation, they moved him to the linebacker, became Pro Bowl last. Linebacker. Yeah, I mean, I, I in today's NFL, I don't think it's that crazy anymore for a 200. I mean, there's Darius Leonard for the Colts, who's been very good, and he's, I think, 228. And Deion Jones, who is one of the few good players for Dan Quinn's Atlanta defenses, um, he's maybe 231. So I'm not super worried about Keanu Neal for the weight. I'm, I'm more concerned that he just never has played the position before. Really, right. he's kind of, kind of played it in, in the safety, so, but and, not. And so, somebody tell me what's wrong with Richard Sherman? Why won't the Cowboys go, go after Richard? Great Sherman? question. Yeah. Well, so, so one thing I wanted to touch on with not just Richard Sherman, but uh, uh, there's there's still plenty of good players out there at, at a number of positions. Quarterback is not one of them, 
But um, I think you're going to see a lot of these guys sign on after June 1st because, from my understanding, after June 1st, it's a you ba- basically you don't um, the the former team doesn't get comp picks for that player. So if we had signed Richard Sherman, you know, today or any time before June 1st. We'd have we may have to pay the 49ers, uh, you know, fourth round compensatory pick, whereas after this first, which I think is what we did with Everson Griffin last year, so there's there's a glimmer of hope in that fact, but but I think, yeah, the the, the short answer I I don't know why we aren't high on Richard Sherman. I mean, who who knows? Maybe we do have an eye on him after. June first. The only thing I can think of is he's coming off injury. He is an older player, um, but like we've talked about before, he was never like a guy that won because of his athleticism. He was a guy that won because he he understood the position, he understood his role, and he was excellent at that role. The, the role that Dan Quinn is is presumably going to be running in in Dallas. Um, and, you know, I think at the very least, even if he plays just as well as last year or even a little worse than last year, which was not his best year, he only played like six games. And, and yeah, it was probably his, his worst year. Um, that's still probably sideways from, from Chidobe Awuzie. And... I think there's a very realistic possibility that he's he's going to do a little better, and in which case he's he's better than anyone we've had since since Byron Jones. I, I don't think I, I think one thing that's being neglected is, and I, we talked about this a little bit last year with Byron Jones leaving, Chidobe Awuzie going from you know, a solid number two corner to all of a sudden he's the number one corner. Now we're doing that same thing with Trayvon Diggs, who, yes, he came on as the year went on, but that was not as the the number one. And and granted, we're not, it's not like, you know, the Patriots where their number one corners shadowing the number one receiver. I'm not sold on Trayvon Diggs. Right. And and we we shouldn't be. I I don't think, not, not at least... He's shown flashes, but he hasn't shown nearly enough. And and it's not his fault. He just hasn't had a lot of playing time. It's he hasn't right. shown enough that he can carry a, an entire unit. That And that's what we're asking of him, basically. Look, look it's very simple what they're doing. It, and it's a game of desperation. It's a numbers game. They're throwing numbers at these positions. Right. Cornerback, safety, uh, defensive line. They're not worried, you know, it's quantity over quality. Yeah. So they're hoping to get something out of Kelvin Joseph. Oh, yep. I wasn't going to say his name. Out of the rapper. <laughs> they're hoping Boss to get something. Fat. Yeah, big fat mojo or whatever his name is. All right. <laughs> they're hoping to get something out of him. They're hoping yeah. to get something out of the, the, the long armed kid who they took in. They should have took it in round 70. They should have invented more rounds now for most of the picks the Cowboys. They should have go back to like having 12 rounds because yeah. then the Cowboys could get these players. Then uh, it would make sense maybe. But um, the, the long-armed kid, the, uh, the cornerback, 
or he tries to play cornerback. Yeah. You know, they're 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 all they're going to hype these guys. Right. I think almost whatever they do in camp is going to be glorified. Yes. And they're going to be made yes. to look like players. And then come the regular season, they're going to be toast. Yeah. Yeah, I, I really feel like unless we bring in a guy like Richard Sherman, and I mean, he's really the only guy. There were a couple guys at one point that I liked, but he's really the only corner that I, I you know, Josh Norman. I, I think Josh Norman has, I think Josh Norman is what a lot of people think Richard Sherman is, which is truly washed and never going to be a, a real, you know, Real good player, um, but even even Josh Norman, I would feel a little better about um, just having a veteran presence. Because because yeah, I mean, right now our veteran presence is you know Jordan Lewis and Anthony Brown, and if we don't bring someone in, we are going to get embarrassed by Tom Brady and and the Bucks. Um, and and maybe even if we do bring someone in, we we still probably will, but but maybe to a slightly lesser extent. But yeah, that they're that's all, the one they, that's they're looking at the offense, unless they're really deluded, mm-hmm. which they might be. They're looking at the offense carrying the defense. Yeah, and I think we'll have That'd pretty be. good special teams, and at least in terms of kicker, punter, and long snapper. I have no idea who's going to return kicks for us. Yeah. Maybe C.D. Lamb punts. Kickoff is nobody cares about kickoff returns anymore. Hardly anybody returns the ball on kickoffs anymore. Yeah, and yeah, you know, they're leaning on the offense. I'm. I, I I am no longer incredulous at the argument that Jerry Jones doesn't really want to win. I used to think that was completely <laughs> insane. Now. I think he's maybe insane enough to not really care. I think much more much more likely is he has no idea how. And, you know, you talk about him being a good businessman. He's not. A good businessman would know that you make the most money, which is all business is about, really. Yeah. That's the – and the way it's defined um, in economics is by winning. Yeah. Cowboys win a Super Bowl. That's a huge – deal yeah even if they win a conference even if they go to the super bowl it's a huge deal that's how you make that's how you make big money as far as i know maybe yeah. i'm wrong maybe he's making the same amount of money well, now as he thinks won the super bowl but he's certainly not getting the same level of acclaim and exposure yeah. so i find that's it true. hard to believe that he's making as much money as he would if he were a winner and I do believe that he tries and i do believe that stephen jones tried and i think that you know, and we've said this a thousand times. I just think that these two, these guys are are nothing but walking egos who are really think they're football men and are determined till the day they die to prove it. It doesn't matter how humiliated they get. This could go on another ten years with Jerry, yeah. uh, and he'll just keep trying and trying and trying to prove that he can win in this league. Yeah, and, and, and win it his it's way. Really sad. Yeah, I, and I I'm telling you, yeah. I, I I have changed. I have changed probably even since we started these podcasts. I 
am no longer really a Dallas Cowboys fan. I am more of a critic and an analyst. I'm intrigued by the team. I do I do root for them. So I guess in that sense I'm a fan. But yeah. I have lost a lot of my zest. Yeah. I will not buy I will never go see them play. I have not bought anything by them in years. I have skipped their games without regret. Yeah. If I miss the game, I don't care. I used to kill me. I yeah. would kill on a Sunday to see the Cowboys. Yeah. yeah? Because I, I, I remember and they, they didn't have to be great. I'm not just talking about when and they had the triplets and I used to watch those games. They they didn't just win every week. They beat the crap out of just about everybody they played. Yeah. And they, they used to jump ahead early and then Emmett would go to go to town and the defense would go to town. That was their formula for winning. Mm-hmm. Irvin was tremendous. And even in you know the Parcells years were were, were okay. Uh, the Romo years were okay. But you know, overall, since Jimmy left, it's been mediocrity. Yep. And at some point, I got you know I had to cut ties with that, and I had to say I'm really, I'm really not a fan. I don't stick up for them. When other people put them down, I don't care. Yeah. Um, and I think the biggest thing is just my refusal to go to a game, my apathy. Uh, I'm not gonna go out of my way to watch a game if it's on my TV. It's on my TV. I'm not gonna probably go out to watch it. Yeah. And Jerry can take that, and he can shove it down his fat throat. Because this is what we need. We need more people to basically boycott the Cowboys. Back, get off the get off the ba- the boys band wagon, and send this idiot a message. But instead, people pack that stadium, and there's like nine hundred thousand seats. Yeah. I mean, people in Texas. What do you? What do you have nothing to do there? <laughs> it's that boring in Texas. I mean, get a gun and go shoot people. You'd be better off than going to a Cowboys game. At least shoot the right people, kill Republicans. There's plenty to kill in Texas. All right? Jeez. Uh, yeah. I mean, when I define... Because I, I totally separate Jerry Jones as the the maximizing of the money side and the maximizing of the football side. And, and to the extent that he's terrible at, at one... I do think he's, you know, it's it's a feat that he's maintained the most valuable franchise ranking with as bad as we've been. Now, well, would it be even big? Luck. Yeah. Uh, I, I think he's, I, I don't know. I, I think he has basically sold <laughs> the team out since he's taken over in a way that his predecessors refused to do like license licensing the name you know yeah. everywhere and and certainly those initial years where you know Jimmy got us to to be a, a dynasty a short dynasty again that you know reinforced the brand and then you know that combined with just an overall increase in league popularity at a time where we were really good I think yeah. that kind of created a a legacy that where he didn't have to do a ton of work to maintain that, but but even still, I, I think there's there is a, a level of uh, 
I don't know. But but no, I, I do agree that, you know, that we would be more profitable for him if, if he was a, you know, if, if he was able to admit his, his faults and, you know, hire someone that actually knew what they were, knew what they were doing. And no, I mean, with this particular team, I mean, unless they sign a cornerback, I, I, I think we'll be better with Dan Quinn because I do think a defensive coordinator, I, I've probably said this before, but I think a defensive coordinator with the right scheme, and especially if they know how to use players' strengths, a defensive coordinator can make a bigger difference than any individual defensive player. And I don't know if, if Dan Quinn is is that kind of guy, but like, you know, I think of the, the Rams defensive coordinator last year, Staley. I think of the Broncos defensive coordinator, Vic Fangio. Those are guys that are you know, top of the, of the pack when it comes to that. And who I think have elevated defenses that are not, you know, the most talented, maybe the Rams kind of, but, but they weren't a top two or three defense before last year. So I do think there's, there's gotta be some positive regression there, but, but yeah, the the cornerback is, I, I think, Maybe the second you could ar- make a good argument that cornerback is the second most important position to quarterback, and we have such a glaring hole there. And y- you're right about we're just throwing darts at these positions, with the exception of of linebacker, where I feel like yes, we're throwing darts, but at least they're they're all good players. Keanu Neal's a little bit of a project, but you know the other darts are. are solid smart darts at cornerback it's it's more just wild blind throws you know kelvin joseph i i do think he's got some upside and and some potential but i i really can't see him stepping in day one that that's why you know he's he's a perfect pick if we have a guy like a richard sherman to both teach him both professional, you know, on and off your off the field kind of stuff, and who to where he, we can we don't have we can ease him into the role, maybe situational snaps initially and then down the line. But if we throw him to the wolves, I I don't see a scenario where he's not getting cooked um, in, initially. Well, they, they paid the wrong guy. They had this problem solved, they, but instead of paying Byron Jones, they paid Ezekiel. Yep, and and that's. That's what it comes down to, Ezekiel Elliott and and Jalen Smith, and it's it's but I mean the they're they're separate issues. I think the Ezekiel Elliott thing that's that's the bigger the bigger flaw in our whole team building premise is the fact that we invested a fourth round pick in a running back. Doesn't matter who it is, we you know the fact that we thought you know, that was a good idea to to do that when there was a generational talent at cornerback on the field. I mean, I think you could probably summarize the, the whole crux of the problem with we think we're, we, we don't value cornerback enough. Um, 
you know, we, we passed on Jalen Ramsey, we passed on Byron Jones, both for a running back. We, we value running back over cornerback. And I, and I think you've got to say some part of it, maybe this isn't the, the whole reason, but some part of it is probably Jerry thinking about the 90s and, and him trying to recreate what he had with Jimmy Johnson and trying to prove to some level that he was the, you know, he can do it without Jimmy. And, you know, Emmett Smith was so great. So why don't we, we, we just need a, another horse at running back and we'll, we'll pay right. him what he needs. And that's just not the way you win anymore. You can get a, a running back in any of, any of the rounds. Like <laughs> there's absolutely no reason in the, you you spend a first round pick, let alone a top five pick, and let alone when you've got a guy of the caliber of Jalen Ramsey on the board that plays so much more valuable a position. And you know the Jalen. Are Smith, you of the Mel Kiper school thought where you you, you don't take a, a running back in the first round? Yes, absolutely, absolutely, no reason to in today's NFL. Maybe back then, I, I wasn't as bullish on this back then. Um, I, I would have probably taken a guy in the late first in 2016, but but in today's NFL, no, no way. No way, because it's a position that's not 100%, but more than any other dependent on the supporting cast and, and dependent on the play calling. If you have, you take the best running back, the most talented running back, you put him behind a shit O-line, and you have him running only in eight-man boxes, and then you take the, I don't want to say the worst running, like, you've got to be pro-level caliber, but if you got if you got a guy off the practice squad, and you put him behind a great O-line, and you ran specifically in situations where teams have light boxes, that guy's going to outperform the best running back in in the league, and, and yeah. you know, doubly if if you draft a guy like in the third or fourth round who's actually good, but teams are are gradually starting to pick up on running backs not the position to be valued. Though there were still two guys drafted in the first round this year, which I think is dumb, but whatever. Um, but yeah, to, to answer your question, no, no running back should be taken in the first round, in in my opinion, unless it's a guy that's like, and and I don't think there has been a guy tr- that you can truly say this about, unless there's a guy that is legitimately receiver caliber, um, which, which you know Christian McCaffrey, guys like him or Alvin Kamara. They're good receiving backs, but they're still they're not running routes like Cole Beasley or you know a, a top tier slot ride wide receiver, and that that's what I would need to even consider a first round running back or paying a guy past his first contract. Um, just a, a typical you know running back, even if he is high end at all these these skills. I'm not taking in the first round, probably not in the second round either, most likely third and later, and I would never give a second contract to. Um, That's just, I think, 
It's not a valuable position. It's a position that burns out easily, and it's a position that is so affected by other elements that why not just invest in those other elements? Um, I think to a, to a lesser extent, this is something Cowboys fans don't talk about as much, and I'm not as bullish about because I think it's a little more of a controversial take, but I don't love as good as Zach Martin is. I don't love how much money we have invested at interior O-line. I, I kind of like the fact that last year we put him at tackle because I think tackles are, are far more valuable positions than interior guards, even an elite guy. And now, no question, he's he's been our best player you know, his whole career, basically, by far the most consistent. And so, again, I'm not going to, like, be that upset about paying money to a perennial all-pro, but I do think to some extent it shows a, you know, a lack of understanding of positional value. More, Much more so Zeke paying Zeke and paying, paying Jalen Ramsey much more drafting these off-ball linebackers in in the first round. But to a lesser extent, you know, the interior O-line, I think, well, that is that, a less that, valuable position. That O-line, though, if they do get Tyron Smith back and he's, you know, even 80% of the old Tyron Smith, yeah. and they get Lyle Collins back, they, if they are able to run the ball, run the ball more effectively than they did last year, and therefore keep the defense off the field, yeah, that will, that'll really help. Yeah, they can't, you know, they've got these great receivers, but they almost can't afford to to to, to use them. They need, you know, they need to play more of a ball control offense because. You got to keep that putrid defense off off the field, and I don't know. I mean, you know, they might be able to to run the ball. I think they'll be able to run the ball better with these guys, and with the Biadish having another year under his belt. Yeah. But it's just something that I thought of that it could could help. You know, you could the defense could be better by not having to play as much. Yeah, that that is fair point. I, I think the the prime example of that was the 2014 season when Demarco Murray ran for almost 1,900 yards, and that defense was not good. <laughs> like our our best player was probably Rolando McLean, and but but we weren't you know statistically we weren't bad, and I I don't think you can quite replicate that. I, I don't think it makes sense to run you know, that many times. And I think you want to, you know, I, I think a big, a big aspect of the game today is, you know, running when teams aren't expecting it, when te- teams have light boxes. Like I said, that's almost more valuable than the, the running back's skill individually. But, um, but no, I mean, effective running is still valuable. I, I, I think people mis, uh, misunderstand the crux of the, you know, running backs don't matter type of crowd, which I would say I am a member. 
running the ball and running the ball effectively definitely matters and, and definitely is important. And you, we've seen even individual players like Derrick Henry, if he, he can take over a game, um, and, and that's that's the closest thing that kind of flies in the face of my argument. The problem is Zeke has never really done that. Maybe his rookie year, you could argue, but definitely not since then. And... And I don't think that's a sustainable winning model, having one running back put your team on his back week after week. Um, I think it's much more realistic to, you know, especially with as the weapons that we have is pass a lot more on first down when teams aren't expecting it and when teams have personnel that's designed to stop the run. Um and then run it in situations where teams aren't expecting it. And and that's what I'd, I'd like to see, just more effective offense. And, you know, the, the biggest thing that's been the problem with our offense, with Dak healthy the last year plus, has been the red zone. Like, we've been probably, you know, maybe the best team in the NFL at moving the ball within the 20s. But then... <laughs> When we get within the twenty yard line, that's that's been a, a problem, and and I don't think it's so much personnel as it is play calling and keeping teams off balance. And I've I've thought we've underutilized Dak's running ability, which I, you know, now coming off the injury, I'm I'm guessing we'll, you know, only continue to not utilize his, his running ability in the red zone, but. But that's a you know an area we need to to improve, and I think you know play calling in general can can help. But but no, I there's only so much ball control offense and you know time of possession can can do if your defense is really bad. And I you know even though we were kind of no name unit in 2014. I think we're probably a, a more talented unit than this current one, definitely at cornerback. I, I think that year, from, from my memory, that year was the defensive line was pretty bad. But but I the secondary, I think, was okay, at least. Um, and, you know, we had Rolando McLean, who had probably his best year. Um, but... Um, but yeah, you know, there's definitely a way that we can maximize our our defensive potential by just having a good good offense, good time of possession. Um, it's just a question of how how much we can we can uh, disguise a, a how much we can polish a turd if we we are as bad as you know, we were last year and I don't, I don't know. Um, but yeah, we had, you know, Brandon Carr, Orlando Scandrick, Barry Church. He was, yeah. So we had an R8 secondary that year. It was more, the defensive line was, was pretty bad. Our sack leader was Jeremy Mincy. That's, yep. that's a name I haven't heard in a while. Jerry Mincy and Henry Melton, who I yep. think was one of my trivia questions for you. Um, but yeah, it'll, you know, we'll see. I'm, I'm, 
I'm not optimistic at all that we're going to sign. I, I think we'll sign a quarterback, but I don't think we're going to make a big, the big splash signing that both of us would like on defense. There's, you know, there's guys, Richard Sherman's really the one corner. Um, Brashard Breland is a guy who's, who's pretty solid, but he did have a, he's had some off field stuff. I think it's Sherman or bust at corner, but defensive tackle, there's a couple guys, Sheldon Richardson, we've definitely talked about him. I think he's, he's by far the best option. There's other guys that are kind of, you know, in the Gerald McCoy vein, like uh, Geno Atkins, Quan Short, Jarrell Casey, where they, you know, they used to be really good. They still might have something left, but but Sheldon Richardson's the you know the guy that I'd probably feel better about him as a player who can immediately come in and play well. I might feel even better about him than Richard Sherman. He's yeah. he's never really had a bad year or a down year, and he's he's a little younger than Sherman too. But like I said, I'm not expecting us to to sign any of these guys and. You know, it'll it'll make it tough if if we if we're trotting out the the corners that we have on the roster now and nobody else. I'm 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 not going to be too too optimistic, but well, they seem to be very yeah. happy with themselves. Yeah, and, and uh, the media seems to be doing their role. Uh, you know, abiding by their role of. Hyping the team up and every yeah. little thing that one of these rookies does is going to be glorified. <laughs> you yeah. can bet your life that you'll be hearing that over the next few months. Yep. Every, you know everything that they do that uh, doesn't result in a touchdown or a penalty flag will be glorified. And you know what more can I say? I just hope that some more good players become available at defensive tackle and quarterback. Maybe Richard Sherman is, wants more money than he's worth. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't. I don't know what the deal is there, but you know he would be a good guy to bring in. And uh, but the defensive tackle position needs to be, uh, you know, addressed as well. And I'm pretty much out of things to say about this team. I mean, it's a uh, it's a dry time. Of, year they're doing the rookie mini camps i hope nobody gets hurt and i do hope that this class is better than i think it is so yeah let them go for it yeah i think that'll that'll be one thing i'd like to add though is that one thing one thing cowboys fans can uh can hope for is luck uh luck plays a big role in the nfl and if Think about it. It's played a big role in the Cowboys' fortunes. Tony Romo was not drafted, as you know. Yep. He was an undrafted free agent. Now, I give him credit. You know, I think Sean, uh, what was his name, the coach Nick, of the Saints? Uh, Peyton, Sean Peyton. Sean Peyton knew about him from Eastern Illinois. Mm-hmm. And they knew enough to sign him and to keep him around. I give him credit. I, I really doubt they ever thought that he would become as good as he did. Yeah. And, and uh, Dak Prescott, that was the most pure case of luck that you can imagine. Yeah. So the two things that have kept this, you know, 
franchise afloat, you know, just from sinking into absolute, uh, you know, absolute being absolutely abysmal, were uh, the result of luck. Yep. Maybe they'll get lucky. Maybe Calvin Joseph. Oh, I wasn't supposed to say his name. That's a twice the second time I did that. Uh, Calvin Joseph. Um, I'll say his name today. Um, you know, maybe he'll. He he does have he does have some talent. He does have some t- potential. Uh, maybe if he can keep his head right and build on what he showed in college, maybe he can be a player in this league. Maybe he can be a quality starter. The guy you mentioned from UCLA. Maybe he can be a quality starter. So maybe they're gonna, you know, maybe they're gonna run into some luck. Maybe the the guy they overdrafted, the corner they overdrafted in the third round, will be a quality player. Yeah. Not because that, you know, not because that they they knew anything that anybody else didn't, because they they don't, but just because they were desperate and they were reaching out for anybody, and you know, they happen to get lucky. Tough. You take enough luck. You, t- you take enough random shots, some of them are bound to hit. You know, at least a couple of them are bound to hit. I think that makes sense. And they did have what ten draft picks, eleven draft picks. Mm-hmm. So, you know, one one would hope that they didn't miss on you know all but one or two of them. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's fair point. But maybe. And you know the the thing about. Nation Wright is that's <laughs> I don't, don't want to go on a soapbox again, but you know I I think he is a, a scheme fit. That that's one thing I can say positively about him. Um, I would have liked him in a, in a much later round, but but even as as adamantly as I am about that being a poor value pick if he turns out to be a a solid player then you know then that's a, a good pick if he if he's a yeah. starter or, or even a contributor that's the, you know that's a win for a, a late third round pick if he develops into a a good player then yeah that's that's a that was the right pick i guess um but uh, I'll have to see it to believe it. He seems way too raw, but yeah, I think that'll that'll do it for this week. Um, but we'll be back, and and we'll probably for next couple episodes start diving more in depth into the uh, into the schedule like we did last year and individual matchups. But uh, but yeah, thanks all for tuning in this week, and uh, we'll. We'll be back next week for another episode of Cowboys Chat with Chap. Until then.